Good morning. There we go. Well, I'm glad you're here with us on this uh, second Sunday in our series, Praying the Kids Agenda, a series that says 21 days, but we're we're going to make it 40. So if you're actually reading the 21-day book, my, my uh, suggestion is that you read each day according to the day of the first part of the month. So today we would be on day 12. And then when we get to 21, you just start at the beginning again and start reading through it one more time. It's really good. You can find it uh, on Amazon.com. You can download it to your uh, iPhone, your tablet, your whatever that other version of phone is that they have out there. Um, it's Praying the King's Agenda by Dana Olson. It's 99 cents. And uh, it's, if, if you're, uh, we, can, we can print some copies here if you would like a copy. Uh, it's nice to be able to write things in where they actually ask you some questions and say reflect on this as opposed to just, you know, theoretically reflecting on it. But at the very least, you know, do really uh, snag it, read it, um, pray through the passages that, uh, that it has. Um, and there's two parts to this, to this theme, praying the king's agenda. And the, the first part is king. Uh, I want you to think about that. King's agenda, our king. We, we, we talked about it last week as we introduced the series. The creator of all things, everything, with his voice, spoke it into existence. Uh, when you think of someone who has a commanding voice, you know, maybe it's uh, James Earl Jones doing the uh, voice of Darth Vader. You hear that voice and you go, wow, that's a guy with power and authority, right? Because though it comes from the dark side, of course, right? Um, but you hear that voice and it's like, whoa, what's he going to do now? What's he going to say now? Or I don't know, another, another uh, voice that some of the older generation might uh, think of as someone who has maybe some power or authority, at least wisdom, would be Paul Harvey, right? Uh, good day. And there's always that pause. Now you know the rest of the story. Good day. Um, you know, there was something that, that, there was just something about that voice. And if you think of, I'm, I'm not trying to compare God to James Earl Jones or, or Paul Harvey by any means, but, but when we read and we think about the name King, it's kind of a difficult idea for us because we don't have a king. We've never been under a king. We don't know what that's like to, to be I mean, our government is the kind of the closest thing to a king in our nation, but, but it, it, it just doesn't really fit. I mean, God is the authority, the king, the Lord over all, whether you agree that he should be or not, he is. And uh, it's, it's getting to understand what that really means, um, what, the, what it means to have the authority and king dictating the days of our lives, what we do, what we think about, how we interact with other people. Uh, we are and should be his subjects and subject to his agenda for our life. That's the best place to be. The best place for any tool or object or, or invention to be is in the hands of its inventor, its creator. No one knows it better than the one who created it, and we are in the hands of our creator, God, who has always been for all time, Really think about that. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I mean, uh, he is the king and is our authority. The second is 
is prayer. Communicating with, in relationship with this king and this authority so that we can come to a better understanding of what his agenda is for, for our life. For some of us, that's easier than for others. Submitting to someone else's agenda for our life. You show up to work and your boss says, okay, I want you to do this, this, and this today, and I want you to do it this way. And you think, well, I think I could actually do it better if I did it a different way. Um, so then you start, right? It's like, well, maybe, maybe I want to do my thing. Maybe I want to do it my way. And it doesn't go so well sometimes when your boss is dictating your life on a daily basis. Well, the beauty of our boss and king, Lord, is that He'll never screw up, and his way is the best way. Period. End of story. We don't have to, there is never any question. The hard thing, though, is giving up that control of how I want to live my life to what's actually best for us, because we've been deceived to think that, that we're actually better at organizing and running our life than God is, and that's really not the case. Uh, I wonder, I, I'd like to ask with a raise of hands, but I'm not going to. I, I hope that everyone thought about, if you were here last Sunday or watched the service last Sunday, that you went home and you got out Psalm 139 and, and practiced or looked at what it would be like to pray through a passage of Scripture, beginning with Psalm 139. And uh, if, you, if you missed last week, maybe go online to our, our website and, and listen to it or, or get on the Facebook page. I can never figure out how to get people on the Facebook page. Honestly, it should be easy, uh, but it, it's difficult for me. Um, anyway, this morning, we're focusing on a command from Scripture that says this. It's the title of the message, Pray Without Ceasing. Pray Without Ceasing. Uh, if you would, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First, seriously, Thessalonians chapter five. Okay, if you're if you're new to the Bible, like I'm <laughs> I am not. It's hard to find. I thought so. It's right there after Colossians. First. Yeah, page what? 1864. It's page 1864. No, it's 982. First Thessalonians 5, um, verses 16 through 18. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will, or I would suggest agenda, for you in Christ Jesus. Now, how many of us, be honest with yourself, have ever done anything without ceasing? Anything. Think about it. How many of you have already stopped that New Year's resolution that you decided that you were going to do. 
uh, we're terrible at it, aren't we? I mean, I, I, I can't speak for you, I guess, but speaking for myself, um, you know, I, I struggle with sticking with things. A project, for instance, gung-ho, I'm at it every moment of every day until it gets to the point where it's kind of mostly done. How many of you have remodeled a house, your own house, and you still have trim that's not put up? And it's been 10 years or more, right? How many of you have done a yard project? And, you know, you intend to add some more fence and build some more, but you just haven't got there this next summer and see if that fence is up because, man, you, right? You work hard and you stick to it and you're just, you get finally done and you're exhausted or, or think about other things in your life. Um, prayer for your children or prayer for a friend or somebody you see and, and, and they say, hey, would you, would you pray for me about this? And you say, yeah, absolutely. And, and you may stop in that moment and pray, but then do you remember? Do you pray once a day for them? Do you pray once a week for them until they get back to you or you check with them and say, hey, that thing that I'm praying that you asked me to pray for, I've been praying for that faithfully without ceasing. I mean, honestly, um, is it even possible? I, I think we get maybe discouraged or, and, and some of that discouragement comes from, I'm praying about this thing, I'm praying about it, I'm praying about it, I'm praying about it, and nothing's happening. I'm not hearing or seeing an answer, and, and many of us, it's like the answer that I want, because God always answers, always, always. It may not be the way we want to. It may not be today. That answer might be, hey, you know what? Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. And after a year or two, it's like, I'm tired of waiting. God, you know what? I'll just do it myself. And then we cease trusting and we cease coming to him. Uh, I mean, surely God wouldn't expect us to actually pray without ceasing right? Um, I mean, maybe in the old days, you know, um, how many of you get up every morning and you, uh, you thank the Lord or you ask the Lord to provide your daily bread? Scripture commands us to do that. Jesus says, when you pray, pray this way, right? Lord, give us our daily bread. But that's something that we can take care of Maybe not in the olden days. You know, maybe they lose a crop in the olden days and they starve. And so they do pray consistently and constantly for that. But what about us? Where, where is our reliance and our stick in praying without ceasing? And is that even possible? Does God even really expect that of us? Well, as near as I can tell, and you can look in your Bible, if you would um, look back at that 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and look and see if there's an asterisk anywhere at the end of that verse that says, unless you're really busy. Right? No asterisk in any translation, I'm sure. In fact, I'm positive. Um, God does encourage, command, expect, want us to pray without ceasing. So what does that actually mean then? Uh, I, I, here's the good news. Uh, 
Not only is it possible to pray without ceasing, but it's also possible to pray without ceasing without making any significant, huge schedule or time commitment change in your life. Think about that. Here's the reason. Because it's really mostly about shifting our our thought process, our heart process, than it is about changing our schedule. Now, granted, there, there are all of us probably that, that need to carve out a little bit more time each day to spend personally with the Lord. Okay, That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking. That's a part of praying without ceasing, but that's not what, how I want to frame this today as we seek to obey this verse that says pray without ceasing. Um, the, the new NIV says, give thanks in all circumstances. It says, pray continually. Do you, do you breathe continually? Do you recognize that you breathe continually? What about blink your eyes? Do you, ah, you're, you're noticing them now, right? So the blinking of our eyes, we can stop it like this, those stare-downs we used to have in elementary school to see who would blink first. Uh, we can make ourselves blink, you know, ladies, when you blink your eyes at someone that you like a lot. Bat those eyes, they refer to it as. Or you just go on with your daily life and you don't even think about blinking, which is untrue for the next five or ten minutes because you're going to recognize every time your eyes close and open. I, this is... This was supposed to happen somewhere in the, in the message, but so let me, let me see if I can find that where I wanted to talk about that. Um, did, you, did you realize that um, you blink your eyes? Uh, no, I'm going to wait till the end of them. Uh, we'll just have to wait. I'll talk about blinking our eyes more. Stay awake uh, for the rest of the message because you're not going to know when it's going to happen. All right, so here's the thing about that. It's, it's, it's kind of like um, leaving the radio on while you're working in the house. You know, it's, it's background noise, but you've got the connection open. You, you've, you've got it running. And it's, you don't necessarily recognize it's there, but, but then you do. You know, like when your dad is sleeping during a football game, right? Change the channel. He's not watching it. And as soon as you change that channel, what happens? Hey, who changed it? He wakes up. He notices when it changes. Um, uh, prayer is that way. It's keeping that communication line open all day long. And as we consider this, there's three uh, observations, three truths from Scripture that I want us to look at this morning. The first one is this. The king wants us to be persistent. The king wants us to be persistent. Luke records a parable that Jesus told that identifies this. And if you would turn to Luke chapter 18, a much easier uh, passage to find uh, the third book of the New Testament, Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That's pretty clear. That's why Jesus was telling this parable. 
And he said this, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what God thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Okay, now, let's not misunderstand this. Jesus is not saying that God is like the unjust judge. Okay, that's not the comparison he's making. And God is definitely not saying that when we come to him persistently that we are a bother or bothersome. The point that, well, let me just keep reading. And the Lord said, Jesus said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So essentially, Jesus is saying, look, if an unjust God will give in and finally give justice to someone who is persistent, how much more will a loving God who cares be mindful of our coming to him faithfully without ceasing? If, if a human father knows how to give his children good gifts, what then of our heavenly father who is perfect in all things. How much greater does he know how to give gifts to his children than even I? Too often I am as guilty as the next guy when it comes to this. You know, throw up a prayer or two, maybe even for a day or two, and then forget, move on to the next important thing. It's hard to do in our life. I mean, we are, we are honored and rewarded for our busyness. It's the way it is in this world life. And what we are trying to do and learn and grow and journey through here on Sunday mornings and in our discipleship relationships and, and as we read scripture is to really swim against the current of culture and realize that it's not about it's not truly about what I do or, or who I do it with or even how good I do it. it. What's important is, am I focusing on the kingdom, Jesus? Now, sometimes that we don't pray on a daily basis because we take back that control. Um, that relationship or that financial matter. I'm not getting an answer, so I'm, I'm just going to do it, right? Um, more often, it's because we get busy with other things. We get distracted from the things that God wants us to be persistent about. Sometimes, it's because we've given up hope. We think, well, God must not care. He hasn't answered me in this, or he let this happen. We believe God doesn't care or that we think that maybe somehow I am annoying to God. I've brought this to him over and over and over again. He's got to be tired of hearing about it. No. No. He says pray without ceasing. 
Scripture tells us that that couldn't be further from the truth, that we bother him. God wants us to persist. Verse 7 of that passage there in Luke says, God will answer the ones who cry out day and night. So, so we not only need to persist in our prayers to God, we can persist. We can. God is giving us permission to come to him persistently. I mean, what does that look like on a practical level for you and me then? To come to God persistently, to pray without ceasing. Well, to me, the best way is to write what I'm praying for down. I mean, it's almost like a checklist. I mean, it is a checklist. I want to pray faithfully for this thing. So I I have a note on my phone. First page, notes, prayer requests. And when somebody asks me to pray for something... I put it on that list. And, and um, you know, not every day, just to be honest with you, but if I could, once or twice a day, look through that, look through that list and pray for those things on behalf of that person. That is a practical way which we can begin praying without ceasing. Because I, if you're if you're perusing that list, there will be times when you don't even have to open that list and that person comes to your mind and what's the first thing that you do? Pray. Pray for them. Hold them up before the Lord. And then trust that he hears you and that he's going to work. It's also preparing our heart and our mind as we prepare to pray first by by worshiping. I mean, that's part of the process that we do on a Sunday morning. We, we trust that when you come in here that, that you're, you're, you're already thinking about prepare, uh, preparing your heart and your mind to hear what the Lord is going to say to you through his word. When we, when we sing worship songs, when we sing or when we give of our offerings and, and whatever aspects of the service or worship service as we call it, um, those are opportunities for us to take that moment to surrender that thing, whatever it is, our, our focus, our mind, our heart, our priorities, our, our finances to the Lord as worship, surrendering those things to him. And that can happen in our prayer time as well. You're driving down the road and maybe you usually have the radio on and you know, you're, the windshield wipers are slapping out a tempo and yeah, right. It, it just comes to my mind every time I think about that, that song. Um, but maybe instead you shut the radio off and you just say, Lord, here I am. How's it going? Got anything for me? And then things will start to come to your mind. You're, you're, whatever, you're getting ready to open an app on your phone. That's a big one for me. Because I do that all day long. But, it, but maybe, maybe instead of Instead of perusing ESPN while I'm waiting at the doctor's office, I just pray or listen. Taking different moments in time. Farmers have lots of time to do this very thing. On tractors, setting water, waiting for a cow to have a calf. I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you do to fill that time? Why not fill that time at times? Just praying without ceasing. 
I mean, it's easy for fishermen, right? You're out in God's beauty and, and you're standing in a river that God created. And, but sometimes we get a little fixated on that big one that's in that pool over there. And we forget to stop and say, Lord, you know what? Thank you for this. What a gift. What an opportunity. Uh, worship him. The, the parable ends with Jesus asking a question. He says in verse 8, when the Son of Man comes, that's Jesus, when he returns, will he find faith on the earth? I think that's a good question for us to consider. In my life, if Jesus were to return in this moment, will he find me in a moment of faith? Or have I given in to the anxieties of life and I'm just, I'm just putting one foot in front of the other, drudging through? Um, will we be persistently praying our needs and wants and repentance and surrender to him? The second thing, the second observation I want to make this morning is that the king wants us to be trusting. Uh, Look at Proverbs 3. The wisest man on the planet ever to live said this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. All caps. If you look at that, anytime in the Old Testament when we see the name Lord in all caps, what does it mean? What is the word that's being translated? Yahweh. Yes, Yahweh. In fact, that's God's name. He gave it to himself. When Moses said, who should I tell Pharaoh sent me, God said, what? Yahweh. Tell him, I am sent you. And it was such a powerful, reverent word that Jews wouldn't even speak it out loud when they were reading their Bibles for fear of of disrespecting it somehow. They had another word, Adonai, that they would put in place of that whenever they read it. We are to trust him implicitly without question. As we read the Bible, as we pray, as we think about the words of Jesus and the commands that God gave and the prophecies that came from God, we can take them at face value. We can know that he loves us and that his love does not change. We turn our eyes and our thoughts towards our Savior, Jesus Christ. Cast our thoughts on him. Lean on him. In those moments when you don't know what to do, that's when your first response should be, God, that's part of praying without ceasing. Because we all have decisions to make every day, right? Even when you have a waitress that spills a glass of water in your lap, you have a decision to make in that moment, and how are you going to respond? That annoying employee or boss or, or parent or sibling. Did you just say bus driver? Oh, customer. Okay. I was going to say, wow, you're hitting a little close to home there. Could be bus driver. I mean, we are to surrender that to him. Submit that to him. Um, Give your thoughts over to God. Unfortunately, this is sometimes is how we think and we maybe excuse this picture that's going to come up right now. 
they're uh, looking down pretty hard at something. What, is the game already on or something? It's froze, isn't it? Well, then how come my picture's not up there? Oh! Yes! I may look calm, but in my head I've pecked you three times. <laughs> right? We think, okay, I, that's restraint. That's a good thing, which, I mean, it is. But let's take it a next step and go, Lord Jesus, please help me to think about this person differently. Help me not to justify this attitude that I have towards them. That's submitting everything. It's changing our focus. It's giving our thoughts over to God. I mean, um, it's, it's praying this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I can't get these thoughts of anger and frustration to leave my mind. Please, Take them away. Help me to live and experience your love and forgiveness and patience with this situation. Your word says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Please, right now, strengthen me. Make that true in my life today, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. That's praying without ceasing. And, and, and when we focus on prayer for 40 days, they say it takes 40 days to establish a new habit in your life. My prayer is that each one of us will establish a new habit in our life, and that's to pray without ceasing. Here's another great passage as we consider leaning on God every day on a persistent and trusting basis. It's Romans chapter 11, 33 through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. I don't even know what the full agenda uh, God has for my life, but as I take each step, as I rely on him for those directions, I w who, when you put directions into a GPS, reads through the list before you drive away? No, you just wait for the next one, right? I do. I don't wait for, I don't look through that and go, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm gonna, I don't take the time to do that. It's just the next one. The next one, the next one. And then I go, oh, wait a minute. Is that, is that right? Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen? Amen. And then my final observation is this. The king does want us to pray without ceasing. There's no asterisk. Um, a, a gentleman in Illinois wrote this. I was surprised to read a Facebook post from a friend in South Dakota named Diane. She wrote, had a nice surprise last night. About 10.30 p.m., my phone rang. It was Governor Mike Rounds checking in with us to see how the road repair was going. Boy, don't you wish that would happen. There had been a lot of flooding in the area where Diane lives, and the roads were a mess, and the governor actually called her to see how she felt about the repair progress. When I wrote Diane to express my surprise, she said it wasn't the first time a governor had called her. Another time, some years ago, one of the South Dakota's previous governors called about some FEMA money for the area. She told me that when the governor called, she was in the middle of a home perm, but couldn't very well tell the governor to hold while she rinsed her hair, she added. That frizzy hair haunted me for weeks. 
I know that South Dakota is a small state, but this was incredible to me. I asked Diane if she was in county government or something, and she said she wasn't. Sensing I was blown away by her interactions with the government, she had this to say, I have found that shaking the tree from the top gets the fastest results. When there is a problem, I usually become the squeaky wheel, and I think they just want to get me off their case. But if she doesn't say anything to anyone, right, nothing happens. My conversation with Diane made me think of the parable Jesus told in Luke chapter 18, 1 through 8. The issue isn't whether God cares or is listening. The issue is whether we have faith enough to persist in shaking the tree. Now, I'm not suggesting that our prayer is shaking the tree of God somehow, but it is communicating with him, and he says to do it without ceasing. So what is your first response when you hit something hard? Is it to pray or is it to try and handle it on your own and then when you finally fail, then you pray? What if our first instinct is to pray because we have practiced praying without ceasing? So here are the statistics about your blinking. The worship team can come up here. The average person blinks 28,000 times a day. Do you know that? In fact, did you know that we spend about 10% of our waking hours with our eyes closed? You better not be blinking when you're driving down the road. You might miss something. Why does it not seem like our eyes are actually closed 10 minutes out of a day? Because we don't necessarily notice it. Because it's natural. I mean, you could, you could push my illustration a little bit and say, well, that's involuntary, you know. But it can be voluntary. And I think just the opposite can be true of our prayer life. I think there can be times when we pray that it's kind of involuntary. We just do it. It just happens. And at the end of that, you go, ah, oh, yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you for helping me to trust you and to surrender to you in this moment. You see, that's the king's agenda for you and me. It's to pray without ceasing. It's to keep that communication line open all day long. All day long. And in those times when you wake up at 3 a.m. and you can't sleep, maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a purpose outside of yourself that that's happening. Take advantages of those moments as well. Before the worship team plays, I, I want to pray Isaiah 41, uh, 21 through, well, 31. So um, would you pray with me? Father, your word says, do you not know, have you not heard? Yes, I have. But sometimes it seems like I haven't because I just don't listen. Has it not been told you from the beginning? Yes, Lord, it has. And I have not understood since the earth was founded. Father, help me to recognize that you sit enthroned above the circle of the earth and that we, we people are like grasshoppers, that you stretch out the heavens like a canopy and, and, and spread us out like a tent, that, that you spread this canopy of yours out like a tent to live in, 
Lord, you are the one who brings princes to naught and reduce the rulers of this world to nothing. Father, they quickly come and they quickly go. We see that every day. In fact, you say that you blow on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. Lord Jesus, help me to recognize that, that that's kind of how time is in my life, that, that it is so fleeting, that, that I have really, truly very little time here on this earth. To whom should I compare you? There is no one who is your equal. Father, help us all to lift our eyes and look to the heavens that you created. You brought out the starry host one by one. You called forth each one of them by name because of your great power and strength. Not one is missing. Everything is just as you would have it to be. Father, help me not to complain as Jacob did, as Israel did. Help me not to be discouraged and and conclude that my way is hidden from you, that you have no idea or even care or concern about me. Lord, I have heard and I do know that you are the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Help me, help us to live that way. Lord, your word says that you will not grow tired or weary and that though your understanding no one can truly fathom, we are to rely on you and trust you and and call out to you because when we do, you give us strength. If we're weary, you give us strength. You increase the power of the weak. Even young people we know grow tired and weary and they stumble and fall. But, but those who hope, who put their hope in you, the Lord, Yahweh, the great I am, that our strength will be renewed. And we will soar on wings like eagles. And we will run and not grow weary. And we will walk and not faint each day of our life as we trust in you, as we reach out to you as we surrender to you, as we pray without ceasing, Lord Jesus. As you answer, help us to obey. When we learn, Lord, teach us your agenda in Jesus' name, amen. And now as we give of our tithes and our offerings and we sing these last couple songs, let's turn our hearts and our focus to him.